0: everyone. I am Kim. And I am Sarah. This is the Book Lovers Movie Club. Um, Today we are starting our month of all things love and romance and we're back into our um, regular kind of format of two movies a week with a book at the end of the month. And today we're going to be talking about a pair of quirky rom-coms with the 1987 film Moonstruck in the 2019 film Straight Up, um, which I had never heard of before Sarah suggested it. So um, I am super excited to talk about both of these today. Um, Sarah, how are you? How are things in your life? How, what are you reading? What are you watching? What's going on?
1: I have been um, sort of on to books again, like really excitingly finding things to read. Uh, and i would had a string of like several very good books in a row. Um, and then I Why haven't you been telling out.
0: me what they are <laughs> as you're reading them
1: I am just oh I did join something called StoryGraph, which is oh. kind of like um goodreads but better because it's not owned by an evil corporation okay. um I actually think it's run by a black woman and it's very interesting uh sort of statistically driven cool. so the way that you review books is really cool um it offers you sort of like there's a series of categories and you can sort of answer yes, no, it depends. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, is it character driven? Is it plot driven? What words would you use to describe? It? And it gives you a list. And it's a really nice. cool way to kind of like help to capture some of the more concrete stuff about books. And yeah. So you're relying less on reviews without knowing the reviewers. Uh-huh. taste. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, and does it so check kind it of out, aggregate
0: yeah. all that for your own mm-hmm. thing? And then it
1: gives you like really interesting um, recommendations. And you can cool. also say like, I'm in the mood for this kind of book. And it can show you based on like other reviewers comments. Um, These are books that might fit what you're looking for. Awesome. So I, I really like it. Storygraph. I think it's an app too. Um, uh, but I, I read this great book called In Memoriam by Alice Wynn. Okay. Which is a world war one novel. Ooh, interesting very very interesting about these two boys who the the book starts with them at um, a boarding school as the war is like full swing already and they're both technically too young to enlist and they mm-hmm. both enlist anyway and anyway it's their romance over the course of the war and it's brutal because it's world war one but it's also really funny and it's got great use of sort of moving perspective i love it um and then i picked up eleanor oliphant is completely fine which oh, yeah? is one of those books that appears everybody in the entire universe has yep, read. Yep, and ninety-seven percent of them love. And I had had like just read for my book club um, "Lessons in Chemistry," which is that kind of book too. And I yes, actually really liked "Lessons in Chemistry," so Did I was you? like, okay. okay. I do not like Eleanor Oliphant. I am <laughs> hate reading Eleanor Oliphant. I have been desperately trying to finish it, and I cannot make it more than a few pages at a time before getting super frustrated with her and sh- stop. What are you?
0: What are you not liking about it? <laughs>
1: so it's this okay so the narrator eleanor yeah is um written in such a way as to suggest that she is on the spectrum or neurodivergent yes the author insists that she is not and so having that knowledge has already irritated me because i'm like shut up author of the book whose name i don't remember (laughs) you don't know Um, what you've done with your character Sorry, (laughs) if she's she's just written in this way that just feels like it strains credulity no matter what um there's a weird flatness to her and there's there's going to be a twist but it's not like a hard twist to mm-hmm. like anticipate yeah. um so i'm mostly just annoyed because i'm like oh, we didn't need this to be a twist This should have just been information yeah but yeah, I'm, yeah yeah i'm reading it and i'm like look at all these weird jane Eyre references oh i'm a sucker for intertextuality like okay i'm gonna wait and see how this plays out nothing nothing There's nothing meeting. Jane Arrow. Anyway, so I'm like 70% of the way through.
0: You don't have to finish it, you know.
1: I know the rule is like just quit. Give yourself to a book you aren't gonna hate. But when I am this close to the end, I understand. But here's what the book
0: Can I tell you what I have started doing over the past like two years, I think. Year and a half, two years that I've been like really reading again um after not reading for a while. Very much at all. Um, and I do this for audiobooks too, even though I know that audiobooks, all right, we could get in a whole conversation about like what <laughs> counts as reading or whatever. Um, I believe
1: that it, listening to an audiobook
0: counts. I think listening to an audiobook counts. However, I do think it's a different activity than sitting down with a I think a book. my
1: brain processes it differently, yes. My
0: my brain processes it differently and it just does not take the same level of effort or commitment to listen to a book while I'm doing dishes as it does to sit and look at the words, read them, whatever, right? It does it just doesn't. Um so it's a different cognitive activity, but they both are it's We're ingesting stories is the whole point, right? And it's the same thing either way. Anyway, blah, blah. (laughs) I have, I was for a very, very, very long time, a, you know, finish the book person. And I have had a couple of books in life that I didn't finish. Not, you know, more than a couple, probably if we count all the books I was assigned to read and didn't have time to finish in time. And then I just never went back to them or whatever. Um but I now give myself, depending on the style of the writing, fifty pages. If it's a very long novel, a hundred pages to really pull me into the story. And then, if I'm not thinking about it when I'm not reading it, if I'm not excited to go fi- to find time to sit down and read it or to listen to it, if I'm like listening to a podcast instead of listening to my book, mm. I'm done.
1: If it's gotten and usurped,
0: if- I'm done. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If it's not the thing I'm listening to or the thing I want to pick up as soon as I get a minute, then I can find something else. And if I really want to know, like, what's happening at the end, I will go to Goodreads and find some uh, I will find a review that says spoilers and read what happens. And then I'm done with it.
1: <laughs> and then I'm done. <laughs> You've <laughs> got um, the answer. I am probably have probably more than halfway. halfway through my life. It really? doesn't have to be always, I am, I'm having a little bit of that weird sort of like hate reading is enjoyable in the way that hate watching TV is enjoyable. That's fair. Um, But mostly at this point, I'm just wanting to know how the author is going to get herself out of this. Mm. And the other thing that's really frustrating is that it's set in, it's set in Scotland which is one of my favorite places. Yeah. And several of the descriptive moments are these really beautiful moments where you're like the amount of detail, it's really thoughtful, like the description of the things in Eleanor's apartment. Mm-hmm. are It's really interesting and cool. I just don't care about this character. Yeah. Wow. And how deeply, deeply, badly written she is. But also I'm fascinated because and people did this with um, lessons of chemistry, too. And I don't get it there either. The word that keeps coming up to describe this book and like reviews is like, it's such a heartwarming story. And I'm like, heartwarming? Like, what's heartwarming? I don't have any nothing about my heart has been warmed by anything in this book. <laughs> and like, I am not a hard person to get emotional i cry in books all the time i get super invested in romantic relationships and fictional stories i am not a hard sell like right what is with you people what are you finding heartwarming like what does that word even mean to you and i I felt the same with lessons in chemistry where i was like that is not the word i would use for this like what is and is that just like it's lost all meaning?
0: I, de- I mean, I definitely wouldn't apply it to lessons in chemistry at all. No, right? I mean, like, is it anytime somebody feels like positive thought feelings about a character at the end, like they've overcome something difficult and yay, good for them. Yay? That's heartwarming I, mean, I don't
1: know. Because to me, it's actually like a deeply sad book in lots of ways. Yeah. This is how I felt about Ted Lasso. And I'm pretty sure I've ranted about Ted Lasso in here before. So I haven't watched Ted Lasso. Where I'm just like, this is not a heartwarming show. This is a show that is deeply sad and sometimes it makes you laugh. I mean. Which is how I felt about lessons in chemistry. So anyway, what have you been well, reading and watching? Have you had another um, fun and exciting binge?
0: No, I'm trying to think because I'm kind of not in a I haven't been binging any what have I been what have I been reading and listening to? Um I have been <laughs> I've been listening to the podcast Smartless for the past couple of days, and that's about it. It's got it's the one with Jason Bateman and Sean Hayes, and oh gosh, and the third oh, person whose <laughs> name I have completely blanked on. It's a very popular podcast. They are you know three very famous people, and they bring famous people on to the show and talk to them. And they're really good at it, and they're very funny together. Um, so I've been listening to that because I was a Will Arnett. Group. Will Arnett, thank you gosh you're welcome you know amy poehler's husband um ex-husband yes um he's got such a great voice um it's fun it's a lot of fun and they're funny and i was in the mood for funny i guess yeah. i had been watching a lot of really dark
1: kind of <laughs> I was gonna stuff say, a lot of dark of January, you deserved a break
0: <laughs> yeah um I okay so i was watching i'm watching true detective um the new season which is fun Um, I watched our movies. I haven't been watching a whole lot. Um, I watched, uh, two movies because there's another movie podcast that, um, I listened to, um, and they were going to be talking about these two movies. So I watched them, um, that we can, we can cut this out if we decide we want to later, but (laughs) I think I've mentioned it before. Um, the podcast is, um, I saw what you did
1: and watching some good stuff.
0: Yeah. Well, and you've. You've listened to that podcast and their movies for this week were Catch Me If You Can. And um, a movie called Christine, Christine. Yeah. from 2016. Um, have, were you familiar
1: with this movie? I know movie? the premise. I did not see the movie.
0: Yeah, it's dark and difficult to watch. How could it not be? Yeah. Yeah. So it's um, it's about... <sighs> so I did not know this going into the movie... And then I was like, what is this? This movie isn't about anything. This must end tragically because nothing is happening in it was this about. movie oh, particularly. No. no, I didn't know it was about. So I feel like if anyone's going to go out and watch this movie, you should read a, a basic kind of overview of what this movie is about before you get into it. Yeah, the true story. Because it's got you're not gonna there are gonna be a a large group of people who might not want to watch the movie i knew before i got too far into it i was like something is gonna happen in this movie what is it and so i read a little bit of a synopsis so i would know if this was something that i was going to want to watch um and i thought it was you know very well acted but yes
1: the actress in that is somebody who i always surprised she's not more famous what's her name rebecca ferguson i think hall oh rebecca Rebecca ferguson's a different one yeah i agree
0: um Um, she's (laughs) She is always doing like big juicy she's, characters and I mean, things. And she's so. been in like some
1: very successful movies. Mm-hmm. And yet I think if I said Rebecca Hall, most people would be like, I don't know who that is. Yeah,
0: yeah, I agree. I think she I mean her face it's it's very familiar to me. Like as soon as I see her, I'm like, I know who that is. So maybe yeah. she is for other people, but um, but yeah, that's about all I have been watching. I guess it's only been a week since we spoke. So I've watched four true. movies since then. Good job. <laughs> Four movies instead <laughs> and some television and listened to a bunch of podcast episodes and started reading, um, started reading the marriage plot, um, which is our book for the end of the month, which I'm enjoying. So I guess that's enough.
1: <laughs> guess yeah, that's actually, now plenty. that you say it out loud, like well done, that's a lot of media consumption. Um, I'm catching myself getting into my re-watching, rereading era. And so I'm trying mm. to get myself sort of like don't let myself get too sucked into that because I'm in like season six of Pretty Little Liars again. Mm. Um which is my partly because I'm trying desperately to finish a cross-stitch project. In case the people out in the world listening to this were wondering how cool I am. Yeah, right. Um, we're both and, very and so, cool. Very, very cool cross-stitching project. And I can't watch <laughs> something new and concentrate on that at the same time. So yes. I've just been re-watching. Um, but I'm hoping to, once I get that project done, we've we been meaning to watch Fargo for years. I uh, yeah. have heard great things about the new... Um, i haven't watched the new season yet it's on my
0: it's on my list to watch people have been
1: raving so um and just you know there's just stuff happening like ah i need to go and then i'm of course also looking forward to a few new movie releases Mm -hmm. because argyle is coming out and it looks deeply stupid in the best way (laughs) Um, it really does it really i am like so my husband loves the kingsman and the kingsman too but the kingsman in particular He's not a movie rewatcher. There's not like, I can probably count on one hand how many movies we've actively rewatched over the years. That's he funny. will watch that one over and over and over again. Oh, wow. So it's that director. And so he's like, I'm in. Um, <laughs> and then have you seen the previews for Lisa Frankenstein? Uh, no, I haven't. Okay. Um, I will be very clear. I did not get the Lisa Frank joke up front, um, but it's Diablo Cody who had sort of disappeared. Oh, yeah yeah and um it's about this like random teenage girl Catherine newton again because apparently she's just gonna be in all the movies now yeah um, who's sort of like obsessed with this um dead guy like he's got a bust in the cemetery and she's just like imagine okay. that she's in love with him and she brings him back to life so that's the frankenstein side how oh, funny um, and it looks it looks like it's gonna be is it pretty, gonna be a horror comedy funny yeah i think so right So looks like it could be fun. And it's Cole Sprouse playing uh the dead guy. And Cole Sprouse, I don't know them. He's one of the Sprouse twins. So if you watched Friends, he played I don't know
0: either Sprouse twin.
1: Um I'm trying to think what you might know him from. He's most recently of Riverdale fame. So he's been playing a high schooler for like 20 years now.
0: This shockingly does not help me at all.
1: Okay, Riverdale's <laughs> terrible. I really still think you should watch the first season. <laughs> like, oh, quit quit immediately at the end of the first season because things go so far off the rails that I can't even explain. But the first season of Riverdale is actually legitimately fun.
0: All right, I might give it a try. So,
1: all right, on that note,
0: yeah, okay. things
1: going off the rails. I think that's a segue for us.
0: <laughs> yeah, let's talk. The, all sorts of things go off the rails in our movies for today. So let's let's jump in. Um, so we're gonna start with um my movie that i am kind of in charge of for this week i don't think we've ever figured out how we talk about that but um i'll introduce this yeah week. um okay so moonstruck per wikipedia is an american romantic comedy drama film um directed by,
1: <laughs> directed by there's somebody Norman out there Jesus. who's just going to various movies on wikipedia and adding genres <laughs> you know, just add another genre what else could this one there? Be?
0: it's like how is it all of, what okay um, directed by Norman Jewison um, and starring Cher as Loretta Castorini, Nicholas Cage as Ronnie Camareri, Vincent Gardenia Cosmo, Olympia Dukakis as Rose Castorini, Danny Aiello as Johnny Camar- Cam- Camareri, and just to add it in there, Aunt Rita and Uncle Raymond tapamagi okay so i always watch these movies (laughs) oh and john mahoney is there as well john mahoney yes yes i
1: love john mahoney
0: me too very sad that he is not with us anymore um because i love him um and he plays this womanizing professor
1: professor communications professor
0: yeah um in the restaurant with very tiny tables okay (laughs) Um, just was distracted every time they were in the restaurant by how tiny the tables were. They're like practically touching when they are two people. Anyway, (laughs) um, so I watched the movie. I watch all movies with subtitles on. Um, I watch everything with subtitles on. And at one point, I was like, because I hadn't seen this movie in a long time. Um, and you know who the main characters are, but once you get the aunts and the uncles and the people, and the first time you meet them, they're like at the store, and so it's like, wait. And so it's got the names on there. And I'm like, wait, I thought that was, who is that? And I had to pause and go like, look on IMDb. And I'm like, oh, Castarini, Camareri, and Capimaggi. That's why I can't keep these straight. Okay. I feel like um, that's fair. <laughs> those are the last names that the screenwriter <laughs> decided to use for this movie. It's
1: um, so charming though, too, because it's like, that's exactly how Italian names work.
0: <laughs> I know. It totally is.
1: Okay, sorry, I, I had um, to go. Uh, uh, I actually hadn't caught the Kappa Magis Yeah. Yeah, sentences. yeah, yeah. Why
0: all C's? I don't know. There must mm-hmm. be something, some sort of in joke there. Um, there are other Italian names. They exist. Um, okay. <laughs> so the basic premise of this movie is um Cher's character, Loretta Castorini, is how old is she? She's, She's about 30s. forty.
1: She's almost forty. Yeah. Yeah, she's closing in on 40.
0: Yeah, and she um, was married once before, but her husband died, and she loved him, and she waited a long time to get married, and she was waiting for the right person to come along, and she, and she waited, and she waited, and then she got married, and then she died, and she feels like she has this bad luck, and that it is probably something to do with how she got married at the courthouse and that it wasn't the right way. And so there's a lot of like luck, right? So like, I gotta, yeah, is gotta do it thing. right. Gotta do it right this time. And so now um, she is dating um, Danny Aiello, Johnny Camareri. Um, and they, you know, seem to like each other well enough or whatever, yeah. but they're certainly not in love. Um, and we find out pretty quickly that she's with him because, you know, she's got to be with somebody um What's she gonna do? Not, you know, just throw everything away. And he's fine, and he'll take care of her, and whatever. He's fine, um and so he proposes early on, um and she's like, "Where's the ring?" And so he doesn't have one. Like he doesn't have one. He doesn't have a ring. He's he's and he's arranged this. Like they're going to. I was going to say it's not like it's the an the table.
1: impromptu proposal. No, it's not an impromptu proposal at all. And he's just like, oh, he, a ring. He it's is so clearly the passion ring. is not here. <laughs> no there's no passion and so
0: she's like where's the ring and so he's like uh and she's wearing a pinky ring because of course he is and she's like what about that and he's like i like this ring and she's like all right no (laughs) ring nothing fine um no marriage and he's like okay fine and so she's
1: like get on your knees (laughs) he's like my favorite thing that happens to me in the entire movie (laughs) i like this is a good suit (laughs) this suit and she's like (laughs) you gotta
0: get if you a man's gonna ask a woman to marry him he needs to be on his knees and so they're like get on your knees man and so he gets <laughs> on his knees and he like shuffles over to her and says, will you marry me yes i will all right and that's it right okay um and so it's there's no passion no like drama to it at all it's just very matter of fact um and then he quickly says to her um i've got to go to sicily because or wherever he's going i, I think, think it's sicily drink, and yeah. also palermo Is that the same place? I don't know. Um, They say two different locations
1: in the Italian culture, nineteen
0: eighties New York. I don't know. Um, (laughs) And so so he's going to go there because his mother is dying. She's on her deathbed, and he's got to go be with her. Um, While he's gone, please call this number or go to this place. I don't remember go see my brother. I haven't spoken to him in a really long time. There's bad blood. I want him to come to the wedding, invite him to the wedding. And and she's like, well, when's the wedding going to be? And he's like, I don't know. Well, let's talk about it when I come back. And she's like, we got to set a date. How are we going to, we got to do it the right way. We got to set a date. And how are we going to plan anything if we don't set a date? If I'm going to talk to him, I got to tell him when the wedding is. We got to set, and he's like, how about a month? I'm like, a month? We don't even know when this man is coming back from Italy. All right, a month. A month from today." so funny (laughs) um and so she goes to like see the brother and be like you're invited to the wedding i know there's bad blood i don't know what that's all about but you're invited to the wedding and it's at this bakery this italian bakery and
1: camareri brothers bakery what would you say it's camareri brothers yes it's Camerari
0: brothers bakery
1: johnny's and, actual role in the bakery is but right who knows that maybe he
0: had a <laughs> role once upon a time in the bakery but he's gonna keep
1: saying role until we realize that that's a oh bakery yeah bakery pun nice nice pun <laughs> um
0: <laughs> nice pun and so she's Thank gonna you. go talk to ronnie cammerary um johnny Camreri, her fiance's brother and he's down in the basement baking bread with the like giant I don't know vats full of dough and giant bags of flour all over the place, and it's Nicolas Cage, and he's in a he's in a white tank top with a, a little apron, and his hair's all crazy, and he's all crazy, and he's just like you know acting at he's at a twelve out of ten in the scene, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he's explaining the bad blood, and he's like he's got this hand that's like a fu- a fake hand, but it's he can tell it's not like it's got wooden I know. fingers. They did like, commit super didn't...
1: hard to it, yeah you can see his palm
0: right so, like, what what he's okay wearing a so glove, but he's yes. like <laughs> yeah he's like he, my brother johnny came in here and he talked to me and he was with this girl and he distracted me and i my hand got in the whatever in the machine and it cut my hand off and i'm supposed to
1: forgive him he johnny's got his head he's got his woman i have no hand woman he's like hold up his hand he's like what about my hand? what about, what about my, my bride? bride yeah what about my bride that's right oh my god I laugh every time and I'm like I know that's well, maybe I'm supposed to but Nicolas Cage just commits oh yeah that level of like burning indignant anger oh yeah he's so and she like, doesn't matter this what he's saying the she's just like, that's what? not Johnny's fault and he's like <laughs> What? Sure. So Loretta's like, well, that's dumb. That's let's stupid. go. Let me go feed you. Like exactly. you need, you need to eat. Yeah. Okay. So he's all crazy in this
0: scene, and I'm going to pause here for a moment to give you a pop quiz, Sarah.
1: Oh, good. Okay.
0: Okay. well'll Trivia pop quiz for you. Now, Nicolas Cage famously plays Ronnie Camerari in this movie, but he is not who the studio heads and the casting director and anybody wanted. In this yes. role, Cher had to fight hard to get him in this role. Even at like he came in and he auditioned, and they were like,
1: No, no, thank absolutely you. Absolutely <laughs> not. I mean, for one thing, he is like you. 20 years younger than Cher.
0: Yeah. Okay. But they don't look that bad. They no, look like a it's good the match. 80s.
1: Age means nothing.
0: Yeah. That's true. So, do um, you know
1: who the studio I, heads wanted? I do. And it's crazy. It it's is crazy. Peter Gallagher.
0: It is Peter Gallagher with all of his yes. eyebrows. With all I those eyebrows,
1: fathom Peter Gallagher no. committing to that speech? No, at all. No. Also, is Peter no. Gallagher Italian? I don't know. <laughs> he could be. He might be. But I, don't know. I just the, those Gallagher's two actors, not Italian? No, but like I mean, to be fair, Share is not Italian, but. Um, yeah like the idea of peter gallagher and nicholas cage going up for the same part in anything ever is already weird i know but this in particular it makes Absolutely. no sense to me yes i don't know i, um, I yeah i read that that i was just like
0: huh right like, and like it is i mean it's telling the share won an oscar for her role yes. olympia, dukakis olympia dukakis won an is... oscar nicholas cage was not nominated so and yet, it's, that it tells you about the performance in this I, in this movie it is not just, maybe his best but it is so he is great crazy
1: but like this is nicholas cage in the 80s right um yeah. and of course we know that nicholas cage is what now the kids would call a nepo baby um he is, since he is of course the nephew of um Coca-Cola. oh my god of just thank you i was like that guy who made the godfather movies um and and, you know he didn't use coppola as his last name when he went professional etc but like this is not like people didn't know who he was yes like this is the era of like peggy sue gets got married and like Mm -hmm. and he's not a method actor but he is the kind of actor who's like if i'm gonna do this i'm gonna i'm gonna put my crazy ass spin on it yes and you're just gonna have to see what happens
0: i mean the movie that this one the performance that this reminds me of most of his is raising arizona
1: yes oh my god I love like arizona so he much. lets
0: he lets his hair do the all the acting for him and then he follows like
1: <laughs> he's like look what's just look at me and decide what you think about me and you're probably right like that's yeah. who i am <laughs> it's yeah right. no he's so okay. committed in this i look um, so great um, do you is, know he is, like who... really young in this movie?
0: Yeah, he's very young. Do you know who the screenwriter, the screenwriter had a particular actress in mind when they were writing this screenplay? Do you have a guess? It wasn't Cher? Sure? No.
1: Oh. Um No.
0: Okay. I will give you a multiple choice. Oh yay. Was it Glenn Close? Sally Field candace bergen
1: oh candace bergen could have been good in this but i it just based on the fact that the studio wanted peter gallagher i'm gonna go with sally field because that's equally bad it. really you are correct can, can you imagine
0: sally field can do kind of unhinged crazy upset she can do it but
1: yeah. i don't any little bursts She has, like, little bursts of mad. But also, I don't feel like... Okay, and I don't mean this as at all a a slight on Sally Fields. She's obviously a very talented actress. I don't think of her as someone who commands the screen.
0: No. Uh -uh. And
1: Loretta has to be, like, the center of the universe, even Mm -hmm. when she's boring, right? Like, even when she's dressed in her boring clothes and she has her boring hair, you have to want to watch what Loretta's doing. Like, she has to have that strength of, like... And Mm -hmm. Candace Bergen has that. Yeah. Who was the other one you mentioned? Glenn Close. Oh, Glenn Close has it, but I can't see her doing this. No. Sally Field makes no sense at all. Who are these that people? Makes no
0: sense. Okay. How did they even write this character with Sally Field in right? her head? <laughs> that's amazing.
1: I know that they ended up with this character. I know. Wow. All right. That is wild. so. At any rate, okay. obviously, that's very interesting. Good trivia. Well done. Yeah. So
0: okay. So Loretta takes Ronnie back to his apartment. Um, to talk more about this, because she would like to talk, right? Like, let's figure this out so you can come to the wedding. Let's bury the hatchet, yeah, no more bad blood. She feeds a mistake, and and then they fall in love like instantly. Yeah, right?
1: over the course of this, like one conversation at the table. Yeah. they kiss and he's like picks her up and carries into the bed and she's
0: like I no care. i can't and he's I like care. yes you can oh
1: i don't care i don't care okay okay take me and to the bedroom right she did not fight very hard. literally no fight <laughs> yeah
0: at all um yeah okay so they fall in love and she's trying to say this is just for one night i'm engaged to your brother we're not going to see each other anymore and he's like come to the opera with me Okay, how many movies are there where the man introduces a woman to the opera and that seals the deal? Because there's at least Pretty Woman. I know there's another movie where they sit up in the Little Women. Light. Yes, thank you, That's... Little Women.
1: Um, thank you. One of those. Like, one of those I scenes can... that I, my teenage self, was like, this is the epitome of romance. Oh, absolutely. Gabriel real the to movies... sit in the. In the sidelines of the opera,
0: yeah, they sit up there behind with all the like backdrops.
1: And he and translates the it. Women, her. oh, I love
0: it. All the movies where somebody takes someone to the opera for the first time are it's just incredibly romantic. So of course yeah. they just fall even deeper in love, and they have a. Famous she's gotten
1: herself like a makeover. And she oh, she dies. She's hair. got this gray hair at
0: the beginning of the movie. And she wears it back in this very kind of matronly hairstyle, which I think looks beautiful on her. But then she gets her makeover and she's just looks 20 years younger. Um, I mean, she just does. Um, She looks stunning either way, but maybe even more once she gets her hair and makeup and dress and the whole thing. And it's wonderful. So they fall in love and, you know, basically that's all, it's fine. And it all just is fine. It all works out. Um, it all works out in the end. So that is basically what the movie is about with a couple of other. I mean, because and turns it's like
1: the shortest amount of time possible, right? Like, I think it's three days from beginning to end, yeah. which if you think about it, like Johnny has gotten on a plane to Italy, been there, called good her, told her point. that his mother is not dying or is dying, but very slowly. Oh, but wait, flown (laughs) back
0: but wait but she it comes back and then he cancels the wedding because, because his mother came back from death basically <laughs> why because he said i'm marrying loretta <laughs> and so she gets up and puts on her clothes and starts cooking food for everybody was she like i can't allow this to happen I don't know. so i'm I, not gonna die i was die. watching
1: it this time i was like the logic of this is eluding me at this moment like <laughs> it still she doesn't upset, make any sense she's, she he can't marry her until she dies like yeah, I, I don't know it doesn't matter because she's not supposed to marry johnny um well and the other thing that's happening across these three days is that we find out about loretta's father's infidelity yes um which comes to a head when they run into each other at the opera and he's not there with her mother um but he's there the with the resolution of that is even very quick a and woman monthly. in a pink dress yes a very garish she is not a classy person no but so loretta lives at home with her parents and i find the dynamics between them so lovely and funny yes, right it's like wonderful like olympia dukakis is so great in this i mean i don't know yes. what's name a movie that olympia dukakis isn't great in in the 80s but like the the sort of pivotal moment where she asks loretta do you love johnny and she's like no <laughs> and then their mother says oh, oh good, good. <laughs> because if you love them they drive you crazy yeah, yeah. and at the end of the that comes back in this really beautiful way um and but in the meantime like the strength and power of her love for her husband even though he's cheated on her mm-hmm. is like this really interesting dynamic because when she's faced with the possibility of having her own affair with john mahoney who is much classier
0: oh and very handsome than cosmo's
1: girlfriend um Charming. she sort of confronts that uh, that possibility and recognizes it and then is like well it's nice to meet you good night (laughs) like it's this really kind of interesting interplay of like what's fidelity and what what matters and when should you be faithful Mm -hmm. and what happens when you're unfaithful and there's not like one clean answer for everybody like it's different in each situation
0: it's really i think interesting because you know there's this sense of powerlessness you can tell that she doesn't have any control any power she knows that her husband is like what where have you been and he's like out good night and like he doesn't say anything and she has no power until she you know charms uh john mahoney and he wants to take her home after he's been with all of these like freshman college women and She realizes that she could have the power. She does. She's not going to use that. But it's I wonder, like, because she doesn't she speaks up to her husband about what's been going on before that. She knew she was praying about it in church, all of that. but She wasn't saying anything right yeah. um she said something to loretta but she hadn't said anything to her husband about it and then after that night she speaks up and she's like you have to stop and... and the
1: moment where she says you know this is it we're done with this you're not doing this anymore and he stands up and he slams his hand on the table and then he sits back down and tells her he loves her and you're just he like, says, okay. <laughs> okay okay yeah you're just like wow okay and mm-hmm. I think that's what I love about this movie is that the resolutions are never what you think they're going to be yeah like when when Ronnie and Loretta first meet there's like this obvious chemistry between them but Loretta is not like wow he's hot like I'm interested in yeah you. she's like wow he's gonna try my patience he's gonna drive me crazy I'm gonna have mm-hmm. to set the boundaries like up front but she's also not like no, I can't do this. I'm engaged to your brother. <laughs> like, Well, she says it for a minute. <laughs> for like a minute. And then when he tells her he's in love with her, she slaps him. it's so says slaps him again. Yeah. Slaps. She's a good slapper. She's a very good screen slapper. But yeah. like, that probably has like some sort of like urban dictionary meaning I should avoid using the term. Um, but <laughs> she, with Cher in this movie, um, you know, she's already, what, like 20 years into her career at this point? Like, mm-hmm and so she's never not been famous in the 70s and 80s right um and I was telling my dad we were talking about this movie because um I I was just saying like I hadn't seen it in like two decades and I was amazed at how much of it had sort of stayed with me from the first time I watched it but Cher somehow manages to be inconspicuously like sort of like, she manages to, like, hide her light under a bushel or something. I don't know how she does it. Like, you yeah. can forget that you're watching Cher because you're so invested in Loretta. Like oh, yeah. She gets this character so fully from the very opening of the movie. And it's just amazing because when she does get the makeover and she looks more like Cher,
0: mm-hmm. you're still
1: like, oh, it's Loretta. Like, it's Loretta. Yeah. She just looks really good. Like, makeovers don't always work that way. Mm-hmm and movies and yeah. i think that this is a movie that really gets like at this sort of like energy of of that kind of sudden unexpected love um but they never lose the characters they stay yeah who well, they are
0: you know what i really like about the makeover scene because you know i am her age <laughs> <laughs> or, or you know, I'm a little older. I'm not Cher's yeah. age. I'm I'm a little older than Loretta's age. Loretta's and, really, and I've got gray hair, and I don't color the gray hair. And so when she's like, take the gray out, and they're like, thank God, I've been wanting to do this Seven forever. Years. I'm like, hey,
1: <laughs> but I, love- I. It's nice,
0: but then you know, she it's it's beautiful but he's seen
1: her he fell in love with her with the gray hair she's doing it for her absolutely she's having a night out exactly sorry did I completely cut off your point no no no.
0: it's fine um so so often makeovers are like a best friend who's like just do this or do that or whatever somebody wanders into the salon and is like help and she knows exactly what she wants Right. She goes into the salon and she tells them what to do and then she sees the dress that she wants and she does that and she gets dressed on her own in the room and she goes and meets him and all the things. Right. She's doing all of this because it's what she wants to do um, as a, you know, full grown, fully realized woman. Right. And not some, you know, floundering, helpless. I know I could be beautiful if only someone told me. It's like it's the first
1: time she's had a reason to yeah like yeah johnny didn't make her feel like she needed for herself to do anything right and certainly
0: i she's stunning as is right but she wants to like put her best effort into herself um in this she looks good
1: she looks so i think um it also leads to that really hilarious moment where she's walking out of this the salon she walks or maybe she walks out of the store with the little red dress and she passes the wedding gown and runs into the nuns yes, <laughs> yes, yes. and her Catholic self like, is oh, like, God. oh God. Um, <laughs> but like, it's just like little moments like that. But like I said, I watched this movie like probably 20 years ago. And, and then I realized I could quote whole scenes from this movie from the one or two times i had ever seen it because I found them so memorable. Yeah. And I think partly it is just like the the there's a real rhythm to the dialogue in this movie.
0: Yeah, it's really great. Like a
1: very lived in like this is how people talk to each other. Mm-hmm. This is how these people in particular talk to each other. Um, And. And that leads to some really unconventional line deliveries. And obviously, mm-hmm. Nicolas Gage, we will leave out of this because he doesn't <laughs> talk like a human ever anytime in the movie. But like the dynamics are so realistic, they feel like a family. Like when you have yeah. them in conversation with each other the patterns of their speech and like the like when the old man is gonna feed his food to the dogs and, <laughs> yes. and Rose is like if you feed any more of my food to this. <laughs> like it just like she knows what's coming she stops him in his tracks I will kick you until you're dead <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to remember the rest of the line because I'm like it's something so great. But it goes like, so much harder than you and think he she, sits it's gonna he go. sits down he's like okay okay. <laughs> um, And then later he sees her with Mahoney and thinks, oh, she's cheating. And she's uh-huh. just like, whatever old man, like the sense of this family, they, no matter what else is happening, like they're going to disagree. They're going to have conflict. Like um, when Loretta says she's marrying Johnny, her dad's like, no, I'm not paying for it. And his dad is like, yes, you are right. Like there's this, yes. this sort of like generational knowledge, but there's also like that really lovely scene where the aunt and uncle are over and the uncle is telling the story about how Cosmo was so in love with Rose mm-hmm. and there was this night that the moon was so huge woke Cosmo woke um, uncle Ray up mm-hmm. and he saw Cosmo standing outside in the moonlight. And that's, that's sort of like this central turning point, right? Like reminding mm-hmm. Cosmo how much he loved Rose and reminding mm-hmm. Loretta, you can love someone this much. Like you should imagine, right? Like what yeah. would that be like? Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I just think this movie is—it's such a—it's it, for one thing, it's much better reviewed and received than most rom-coms, right? Yeah. It won Oscars. I mean, it's in some ways it's a very formulaic sort of like boy meets girl kind of movie, but so many mm-hmm. things about it are are weird. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then the performances are so good. Yeah. That it just sort of stands out. But
0: yeah, I'm really it's glad wonderful. we watched
1: it because it had been a really long time, and I just. I find this movie mesmerizing. I'm just like, how are you doing this movie? Like, (laughs) how are you this good? It doesn't seem like you should be this good. Yeah, and and
0: Cher is such an interesting performer Mm -hmm. because she just hasn't done many movies, but whenever she did do a movie, the performance was incredible. She was in Mermaids Mermaids, and moonstruck mermaids moonstruck mm-hmm. mask only mask. in movies apparently and <laughs> the witches she was in the witches of eastwick which That's is right. maybe one of my favorite movies ever um really oh my gosh i think it's i'm so not sure fun. i've seen it oh really well we should find a place to slot yeah, it let's in find a place somewhere. to slip
1: that in because I, I could yeah. watch
0: i could honestly watch that movie just to look at michelle pfeiffer she is so stunning
1: Who's they it all are. susan sarandon susan
0: sarandon is the third they are all just so stunning but michelle pfeiffer her face young is just like something else i don't know yeah i got distracted michelle pfeiffer (laughs) michelle (laughs) pfeiffer in the movie is just so beautiful um yeah it's really great but anyway share it's just this like she's not she like has acted in a few movies i mean she was in
1: silkwood she wasn't like she's done stuff but then again she was also in burlesque so we don't want to yeah give her too much credit because that's burlesque okay. is truly awful that's um okay. i mean she's enjoyable. always just
0: primarily been a musical artist well, and, and for also our done generation,
1: some movies. we were at that weird kind of turning point for her right yeah. because we didn't grow up with sunny and share like they were off the air by the time mm-hmm. i was old enough to watch tv um and she hadn't done like do you believe in life after love yet so like right she could be for a while, there something really serious, and now I feel yeah. like she's more like pop culture artifact in some ways. I um, think
0: I was somebody posted something today about like the oldest performers still touring, and I think Cher was on the list. might yes, As, I think so. Like still, t- and she's. You, I I don't keep up with something? who's touring.
1: Right, like she's. When was she born? She's like seventy seven
0: or something. She's like seventy seven. Yeah somewhere in there (gasps) Mm -hmm.
1: she just i mean there's something sort of like undeniable about share like you just pay attention to share and you just can't help it because like whatever she's doing is interesting so okay probably good
0: so okay so last i have one tiny piece of trivia left for you
1: okay about this movie
0: okay um moonstruck is being developed for a different medium like the movie moonstruck is being developed for something else which medium a graphic novel a jukebox style musical or an oh, opera shit. oh i hope it's an opera it is
1: is it an opera yes. oh because i was gonna say if you do juke stop oh i was gonna be so mad if it was a juke style <laughs> musical and i like i'm a sucker for those but i don't want that for this no no Ooh, an
0: opera can you imagine wouldn't that be amazing let's go see
1: it when it comes out
0: no kidding that'd wow. be amazing or,
1: that is a <laughs> 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 podcast goes to new york or no so it's, where it's where just it talks for development evidently but it's like a thing I, that is- that's a really good piece of trivia isn't that fun? I'm, I'm excited about that possibility. Okay. Okay. There's no easy way to segue from opera to straight up. So I'm just going to do this uh, awkward thing where I say, next, we're going to talk about straight up. It's just a 2019 um, movie written and directed by and also starring James Sweeney. There's uh, almost no one in this movie that you have heard of. Um a disagree The park is your best bet probably
0: i think that um and i have not written down the names of the characters (laughs) but there are okay so this is a very independent film right yes this
1: was basically his first movie after he got out of film school
0: right and i was looking at this and i was like what was the budget for this movie because you can tell it's a low budget film and it's like nothing and i'm like then how did he get because there are lots of people in it that you've never seen before because they've like never done anything before but there are three actors in this who have been in movies yeah like, and that you know and the um the main oh gosh todd is that his name that's james sweeney mm-hmm. Todd, the main character yep get it sweeney um, todd oh yeah 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 thank you thank you
1: <laughs> um
0: the it's a little autobiographical. Who play
1: his parents yes are both Rattle famous Park people and um betsy brandt i'd say is is more borderline but yes you recognize but her you know you've everyone
0: seen her knows that she is marie from breaking bad
1: oh i've never seen breaking bad
0: okay like well, i've seen
1: like a little bit of breaking bad okay I so think i'm most the problem.
0: of the world knows that she's yeah. marie from breaking normal bad. people she's would recognize her incredibly recognizable and the oops, and the girl this, who plays Rory is a per, is somebody who I recognized immediately.
1: What had you seen them? they no not are they them? Oh, sorry, uh, Kate Finley. Um, uh, let me see. Looks like she, uh, they were in How to Get Away with Murder.
0: Maybe that's I don't know, but I recognized them right away. So I was I so, don't so think confused. I had to to
1: anything except How? For this? And Did you like, get
0: these people in your
1: movie? Well, I think uh, this was maybe her big, big break. I was about to say big break about a movie that like seventeen people have seen. Um, I think <laughs> this is her first leading role in a movie. Okay, okay, um, fair enough. So, are their first leading role in a movie? Um, but so, so the premise is. Fairly straightforward, kind of like with Moonstruck, we've dealing with a boy meets girl rom-com sort of formula to begin with. Right. Um, but also like mo- Moonstruck, it's weird. Um, so Todd is mid-20s, he's got like a real grown-up job, but we never see him doing it. Um and he also house sits professionally because he's just sort of floating. And he Does he goes... have a different job other than that? Yeah, he's a software programmer. It gets mentioned once. This oh. movie likes to drop little pieces of information that do come in handy, but that if you don't hear them, the one time they're mentioned, okay. things can get confusing. Because um, I was honestly
0: like, wait, does he
1: have a job? That's how like, they can oh, afford Because even sitter. just house that's sitting would is. not be enough to support their life. Because um, she's an unemployed actress and she's trying really hard to make it in LA. And he is... Uh, he is queer but at the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. he's sort of we see him multiple times throughout the course of the movie talking to his shrink, and she is sort of like she's somebody him.
0: too that's right she's Tracy a-
1: toms yep <laughs> she's a person she's actually, yes she's she is a she's a recognizable Florida. person yes she is also in the movie version of rent yes yes thank yes. you um okay. she's very good and she's good in this <laughs> and apparently they filmed all of her scenes in one day which sounds exhausting yes it does um but again, budget of nothing. So, right, right. Um, but he is sort of caught up in this idea at the beginning of the movie and he's struggling throughout the movie with why he thinks he's gay. And it comes to this larger thing, which is something that James Sweeney has talked about in interviews where he had come out of school with this sort of um, having been exposed to these ideas about gay as a political label, as opposed to a personal experience or identity, because um, gender and sexuality are are fluid. And once a label is applied, then it has this sort of political aspect to it. Yeah. Um and so Todd in the movie is struggling with that. But yes. Todd is also struggling with this because he is OCD in the literal sense mm-hmm. yep. um, and anxious and depressed and several other things, but he he really, really can't handle like physical bodily function. And he just he's grossed out by like bodily fluids i mean Mm -hmm. the opening line of the movie is i wish i didn't have any holes right this is a movie that's like oh what is happening (laughs) what movie have i just stumbled into um so he tells his best friends i don't i'm not sure i'm gay i'm gonna try dating women and they're like haha that is a ridiculous joke um and then he sort of he does try going to bars and picking up girls he has this great montage where he's trying on all of his shirts to see which one is the straightest yeah and saying things that sound straight like i like bean burritos which is somehow his idea of a straight man's yeah, claim and trying um, to
0: say it like in like a like a, a deeper straight voice, manlier voice. Yes.
1: um But so he encounters Rory, our uh, unemployed actress, at the library where he is reshelving books because they're out of alphabetical order, and she is applying for a job. Side note:
0: and, Don't reshelve books for the librarians, folks. They do Let not the like librarians. That. Do that. They don't like it's, it if you do it's that. It's
1: really not your job. Okay. Yeah. But so he, he Rory, can help Rory immediately fall into this very fast-paced conversation they keep up with each other but it's actually almost hard for audience to keep up with them because there are some very funny lines in there that i missed the first time i watched this movie um and one of the things that happens right away is that they make a a gilmore girls reference Mm -hmm. which becomes important because there are several little gilmore girls like easter eggs throughout the movie after that Mm.
0: you'll have to tell me that scene
1: okay well in that scene it seems to be sort of like coded like only gay men watch gilmore girls right like this should be a big red like blinking light over his head but well and it's not
0: even just that he watches it but that he like owns all of it on all all seven seasons on dvd DVD.
1: almost went to yale because of rory um and and they just end up having essentially a very long first date Mm -hmm. like they hang out they drink wine they eat cake they have these really sort of interesting conversations and and it becomes immediately clear that these are kind of like intellectually well-matched people yes but also like their humor works really well with each other they also don't pull punches with each other like and when they do accidentally sort of either cross a line or confuse each other, they immediately sort of back up and say, oh, okay, no, that's not what I was talking about. Or like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean that. So like, even when it comes to conflict, they're really well suited. They're really well matched. Yes. And of course, he is struggling with identity. And so when she doesn't automatically assume he's gay, they sort of fall into a dating relationship. Right. Right. The other thing that's sort of like only really subtly shown to us is that she has sometime in the recent past been raped. Yes, I have things to say. Carry on. And and so her trauma is not being dealt with explicitly. Mm -hmm. She doesn't even tell him. I think.
0: No, we find this out at acting class.
1: Yes. And then like, I think we're supposed to think she tells him when they come back from that horrible Christmas party and he's in the shower. I think that she is whispering to him then. Hmm. but that's it that's the closest we get to an acknowledgement of her sexual trauma so she actually is in a place in her life where she actually doesn't herself want sex right now Mm -hmm. so they're having a sort of celibate relationship where neither one of them is is sort of drawing lines putting out ultimatums forcing any issues they make out sometimes they give each other massages um but they're deeply deeply well suited to each other and they just get each other, and this like really beautiful and not super out of the realm of possibility way, right? Like, yeah, it's very believable that these two people would be attracted to each other's mental, if not each other's physical selves. Right. Um, we get an incredibly great scene with his parents, which tells us almost everything we need to know about about Todd. <laughs> <laughs> <In> like <Yes. laughs> one scene Um, and they love her but they're also like there's this really sad moment where his dad hugs him and says how proud he is and later right. when Rory and Todd are back at their house or whatever house they're sitting um, he's like I'm not sure he would have done that if I had brought home a man and it's just really right. hard for him to sort of like sort through how much of this is my need to, to sort of please my parents how much of this is what I actually want um, his friends, of course, are still rejecting the idea that he is not gay and calling him out on it left and right when they meet Rory. There's just lots of jokes, including one that he and Rory accidentally set themselves up for by dressing at the Halloween party as the couple from the hot the cat on the Hutton Roof.
0: Right. And uh, neither one of them understands
1: that, understands that because they've only ever seen the movie and they haven't yeah the And the
0: joke is that Rick, played by Paul Newman in the movie, Rick in the play, is gay. And that's the problem in the marriage but in the movie they don't say that they don't say they don't know because they've
1: only seen the movie they don't know that they have walked right into that joke um and so everyone else is very well read (laughs) well there's a lot of actors at the party true and they've all probably had to use scenes from cat on a hot tin roof for acting classes. very good point um and you know his his friends are various levels of insufferable he's got the model actress friend and her hot english boyfriend um He's got his friend, uh, Ryder, who is just like, absolutely not, you are not straight. And he's kind of an asshole about it at every turn.
0: Um, he is an like, asshole why about it you, every turn, why but would you, I why would, you would be say friends with this person, no, he shouldn't be friends with him. But I would also say that Todd is pretty much an asshole to Ryder when he first is saying, I don't, what if I don't want to be gay? Yeah,
1: and he's like, it's true, he's, he's failing of... to see like what what the implications of his question are
0: like right and writers like i'm gay why right what's the problem with it right and Todd's like, what is your
1: internalized issues have don't need to be yeah. projected out onto me right and there's judgments attached to them eventually though like they do run into a situation where it's like maybe maybe rory is ready to have a more sexual relationship she is now like questioning todd's sexuality um todd himself at various points in the movie offers up that he might be um like he might be ace he might be uh, like he might only think he's gay because other people told him he's gay like he offers up like several different labels and then his his doctor says are you sure you're a boy and he's like well i was until now like so every place where there's a potential for him to question he feels uncertain and, and he says, all those labels feel right. Like, all of those things I could say I am feel like they could be right. Um, and the movie actually ultimately isn't interested in deciding. Like, no. that's not the point. But the point is, can these two people actually make it work? And Rory decides, no, we can't. I need to leave. We're breaking up. She moves to Seattle and uh, gets immediately gets hit on by the straight version of Todd, who um, also likes the Gilmore Girls which is where the movie is like see you can't always tell because yep. this guy is obviously straight um and then todd is so upset he he's trying again like to figure out who he is what he wants and he realizes what he really wants is rory he was happy with rory he wants to be with rory so he decides to drive to seattle he doesn't fly um and for some reason hire people to be in a flash mob so that he can propose to her with the thousand yellow daisies that's another Gilmore Girls reference ah. did you wonder why there were like dozens and dozens of buckets of yellow daisies yeah I was a little yep. season one of Gilmore Girls confused. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so she's like no I am what are you doing no we are not getting married and yeah. yet the longer he's there the more willing he is to put himself out there he does this like game that that harkens back to their first kiss which is the baby if you love me won't you please please smile game yes um and he gets her to smile and you're like oh they're in love but the final scene of the movie i mean obviously we have to talk about this we're not going to be able to avoid spoilers oh, no
0: no no talk about the end
1: we find rory and todd sitting in the living room playing banana grams getting ready to play banana grams as, as they, have they do several times it's one of the things they do and they're talking about feelings that have words like things like words for very specific feelings and suddenly this guy wanders in and sits down and deals himself into bananagrams and just is taking part in the conversation seems very comfortable leans over Mm -hmm. and sort of like nuzzles todd for a second and then they play bananagrams and the movie is over
0: and the movie's over
1: do you think is are they a thruple i think so okay that's what i read it as too
0: and that is the only way that I think it's acceptable at all for Rory to be part of this relationship.
1: Is for her because to have...
0: otherwise Todd's getting what he wants and Rory is not getting what she wants. And no.
1: Right. It Rory makes
0: me mad. Rory
1: cannot sacrifice the things she needs. Um, and especially what's interesting is that the movie is very clear that at the beginning of the film, Rory is depressed. Mm-hmm. Clearly this is tied up in her assault, but also her mother... Is like a Doctors Without Borders doctor. And so Mm -hmm. she never sees her. Uh, She feels abandoned. She's having a very bad time in LA. She's totally unsuccessful. We see her go on um, a really terrible audition for a commercial where she runs into her high school classmate who's awful but hot. And she gets a call back. And Rory does not. It's so loud. Um, And so, of course, LA is just not working out for Rory. Yeah. And she goes to Seattle and she actually seems to be happy. Yeah, she seems good. She's dancing in her apartment and she's having sort of like a fun-ish life. Um, And like, she's at least considering the possibility of the, of dating the guy at work, even though he's obviously not. He's kind of boring. Yeah. He's not going to be able to like, keep up with her, but he's nice. Mm -hmm. He seems safe. You
0: can date him.
1: (laughs) Yeah. She doesn't have to marry anybody. But, like, can Rory just date... Does she seem like the type of person...
0: I mean, maybe she needs to date somebody who is safe and chill in order to kind of move past the things that we're not even talking about in this movie.
1: <laughs> <Sarah>. <laughs> hmm. Tell me your thoughts. I'd love to hear. Because I find okay. this movie... Um, so this is a movie that Netflix tried to get me to watch for, like, literally months. Yeah. It was like, you might like. And I'm like, what? What is this movie? I've kn- who are these people? And so finally... <laughs> I hit a mood sometime in the last few months where I was like, fine, I'm going to watch the movies that the streaming services think I want to watch. And this was <laughs> one of like seven movies that I was like, okay, fine, because you say so. And one of them was like Age of Adeline and then this one and a few others. But I watched this movie and it ended and I was like, what? What, what is that? What do just I, happened? what do I, what do I think? How do I feel? Like, what is this movie doing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this time, being prepared, I watched it and I right. was like, okay, I really enjoy this movie on its own merits, right? Like, mm-hmm. this guy is a very talented filmmaker. Yeah. I still don't think I get all of the dynamics at play. I I'm think... not sure that he does either.
0: No, I do not think so... he does. I think that the movie technically is very well done, especially mm-hmm. for a first film of the budget that they have. They're doing lots yeah. of really great things technically with the... The way that the shots are set up and lots of interesting transitions and all sorts of stuff. And it looks really good. Um, I think that the subject matter is really interesting and worth, uh, you know, worth making a movie about. I don't think he knew what he wanted to say exactly. And perhaps because it's a little too close to his actual real life and he's not sure what he thinks about all of that. Um, I think that the way that Rory's sexual assault was handled was um almost unforgivable. Um in this movie. I,
1: I think you could watch this movie and not know. She and says that one that... moment
0: in acting class, somebody mm-hmm. says something about um
1: like she makes a joke uh, my
0: roommate improv. was was assaulted and so I'm offended. And somebody's like, Some people might find that triggering if they've and she's like, Yeah, I would know. And that's all. And then yeah. she cries one time when it looks like maybe they're about to have sex,
1: mm-hmm. like maybe
0: they're just gonna try it. And then she's crying. And then there's nothing else about right. it. Like
1: I said, I this time watching it, I think because I definitely did not catch it the first time. When she goes into the shower with him, you see her mouth moving, but you don't hear anything. Yeah, I think that's when she's telling him. Which like, and okay, then you see him that's like not good comforting enough. her for a second, but he's obviously not. It never comes up again no it's not like, good
0: enough and todd's got a lot of eccentricities and a lot of things that she has to accommodate and he doesn't accommodate her really and I think it, it feels very narcissistic i mean and, and not probably narcissistic really truly but there's a lot of self-centered behavior here um and yes. not much willingness i mean he doesn't even He doesn't tell Rory that he has been in relationship. He doesn't have to tell her that he's been in relationships with men before, but he should probably say, and you're an experiment, right? Like he is dating her
1: just to figure it out. When it comes to this, too, he tells her that his friends thought he was gay. Right. Which he, I think, could justify to himself as the truth but it's obviously not the whole truth. No. And the thing about that is that, okay, have you ever seen kissing Jessica Stein? No. Cause this is like a late nineties, early two thousands, movie mm-hmm. in which two straight women essentially do both decide, like, I'm going to try dating a woman um, for different reasons, but like they, they both go in knowing, but they know, right. Like neither right. of them has dated a woman, woman before. Right. And when they do end up connecting like romantically and sexually they have different reactions to it because they came at it differently but in that one and that's got its own problems it's very early 2000s movie um and in terms of like how it portrays sex in general and sexuality in general and gender in general is very like 2000 but in that movie we do have her like uh the woman who's not Jessica Stein and now I can't remember her name she has her two gay best friends and she's like I think I'm gonna date a woman and they're like you're not gay (laughs) and like this conversation is something that keeps you know it's it's a it's not like a static conversation yeah um and i think that this movie of course like acknowledging he's really young i think he just turned 30 like a couple of years ago this writer director Mm -hmm. um and he's living in an era when we're dealing with labels such a sort of haphazard way right in the 20 teens and and that's when he's writing and living through this stuff um, Not that I feel like we fixed it. <laughs> like oh, we're in the 2020s right. now, but I think that the general sense of like we were at that kind of turning point from everybody needs to, to have a label. You need to figure out who you are. You need to tell. You need to be able to tell people
0: mm-hmm. without
1: fear of of being unloved or harmed. Mm-hmm. To a sort of more general recognition that like what I am or who I am is not necessarily who I will always be, or the way I feel right now is not always who I, I will feel. Right. Um, and it is, it's complicated, and I don't, I think you're right. I don't think he knows either. Now, I do yeah. think the movie and is I, very clear that Todd is incredibly self-centered. Like, And, I and, think and we see why.
0: Yeah, and I think that that is fine. I mean, and yeah. maybe even great that the movie doesn't know, we don't know what Todd really knows or about himself or where he ends up at the end of the movie or right. whatever. And he is the protagonist, and so he gets to have more kind of, you know, we get to focus on him more and the story is probably going to naturally um focus more on what he wants and needs and things but I mean, Rory really is the other half of the movie, and we don't get to see her in therapy, and we get to see him in therapy. Exactly. So,
1: arguably, the movie structure suggests that they're equal because we see him for, like, the first five minutes, and then we stop at the moment when they meet, and then we watch her for several minutes. Right, and there there are are lots of moments in the movie
0: where literally the screen is split, and they're on one half and the other half, and so there's very much...
1: This is a movie that does not let the opportunity to divide the screen <laughs> yes. into frames, yes. slip right. by um, but, every okay, chance so it gets. I have no problem
0: with the ambiguity of it and the like, you know, fluidness of it and all of that. Um, I like that the ending is unclear. I think that's kind of great um, because ultimately it's no one from the outside's business what your situation is sexually. So that's great. Right. Fine. Wonderful. I do don't like how they treated Rory's character and story and her background and why she is coming to this relationship willing to be in an asexual relationship yes. when she is not an asexual person, Absolutely. right? She is having a time in her life when sex does not feel safe and desirable for her, but she is not an asexual person. And that we goes come to pretty
1: much entirely unexplored. And we're not dealing like, with that at all. And to some extent, you said something about, um, the guy from work feeling like a safe option for helping to get through and get over her relationship with Todd. But I think some, to some extent, had we seen more of Rory sort of trying to process or at the very least seen it acknowledged more than once, mm-hmm. Rory being able to say to herself, the reason I am attracted to Todd is because he is asexual or right. gay. Like this is the reason this is not some well, it's confusing like side effect. Like, in-
0: Maybe if we had gotten, you know, Rory in her therapy sessions talking about, like, I know that he is not really I'm not really that attracted to him, but he feels safe right now. Then we would understand where she's coming from. And, you know, she tries to kind of initiate some sexual contact with him at various points, and he's kind of. You know, like we said, they make out a couple of times. If that's it. Well, if things are not going to work out in that way, in a way that you know she feels safe and comfortable there, then maybe she can have sex with somebody else, right? And maybe that's yeah. what they're doing at the end. Um, which I great. think so. Okay.
1: And it is interesting because the implication seems to be that both of them have a comfort level with this guy, physical mm-hmm. intimacy wise um
0: maybe todd's just does so not todd's have finally fluids.
1: exactly and like <laughs> as, as long as everybody's getting what they need right then the, the film seems to suggest like this is the this is the happy ending but poor that guy. she had, we well unless he's all like we see from him you know what like i really yeah we get nothing i don't even think we hear his name. no um and he's also like clearly set up to be like he's able to kind of keep up but he's not as fast as either of them like he makes up a word but todd immediately is like that's made up like <laughs> like the dynamic is never going to be equal right like yeah it's pretty they clear don't that need todd him and any, rory it
0: seems like they don't need anything but a physical well, bridge
1: and, and the question that. and the question of like whether your intellectual attraction to something someone can be enough
0: yeah is
1: a really interesting question sure, yeah but rom-coms are typically like zero percent interested interested in your intellect <laughs> like, yeah it's not actually about smart people like most rom-coms are actually about very very stupid people um they like to tell yeah. us that the people involved are smart but they never show us and to be fair like these two people are not as smart as they think they are like that's also part of the joke right like yeah. we see them fighting about Alanis Morissette's Ironic and both of them are getting—they're wrong. both wrong. Like neither one of them knows what irony is. I know. Like, <laughs> and she was valedictorian, and he got into Yale, but like they still can't quite nail down some of these. I ideas, know that right? was like, making some me their- crazy. <laughs> like, I was like, I
0: is like, that the joke, or does he has? I know. think it's the joke. But don't if he know. doesn't know,
1: it's because he's twenty-seven years old, and he grew up with ironic as the the song. I know that helped to teach people what the word irony means wrong <laughs> for the last <laughs> almost thirty years like Ooh, his
0: okay. life the english nerd it out
1: Horset. there for a minute yeah. <laughs> but but i think this movie is like i really really appreciate its ambition i definitely don't think everything lands i also definitely think a lot of it is almost too inside todd's head <laughs> like a little too like this is me trying to figure some stuff out and also make jokes about things that i like right like yeah um but i would say watching it the second time like i said now that i knew the trajectory of the story and was had my eyes on certain things to see how they were being handled. Um, I think it holds up better than it should hmm. for a movie that is ultimately kind of um undecided in certain ways. Yeah. But it is a deeply impressive first film, full first I agree. feature how like, uh, I'm, this is a guy who can do some stuff i would be yes, interested in see... i
0: would like him to do i would like him to direct some more movies if he never yes. acts again i would appreciate that
1: <laughs> he's not your favorite oh my god <laughs> i feel okay. like he could direct this is i was thinking in really interesting ways though okay well okay
0: i was thinking no, but i'm not myself... with, i'm not
1: disagreeing with you i think this is the role <laughs> this is his yeah he had to do it Okay, good.
0: It's out of your system. You're done now. just go direct some things hopefully on a little bit bigger budget just so you have more shooting time so that you can give your actors some time to feel comfortable because there were a lot of stilted performances here and i don't think that that's anybody's fault except for probably the time that they had to do this movie um because there seemed to be some talented people and you know the really seasoned actors were did not were not stilted at all because they know what they're doing yeah um and that's not a surprise i mean you don't get on a show like breaking bad without being at least a little bit okay at what you're doing um okay so when i finished watching this halfway through 20 minutes into watching this movie and then it was just like confirmed by the end (laughs) i was like all right i'm gonna have to come up with something as revenge um for this movie (laughs) (laughs) and then i remembered how much you hated christmas vacation i was like all right or even
1: (laughs) retrospectively (laughs) i've covered
0: it (laughs) because honest to god um all the things i have just said i believe in are true and i think this is an impressive first effort particularly on the budget that he was working on all the things um but as a pure kind of like viewing experience i hated this movie (laughs) I hated it.
1: Oh, I think this is like, it's finally happening. I know, I know. <laughs> we'll both rave about Moonstruck and then totally disagree about Straight Up. Oh, I think okay, so I... listeners, if
0: you, have, if you don't know, <laughs> one of the reasons that we thought this would be, this podcast would be so fun is because historically, Sarah and I disagree a lot about media. And we thought that that would happen a lot.
1: And it has turned out to and not so be far, happening think, very much like, at all.
0: Um, totally my, de-
1: my deep hatred for uh, National Lampoon's Christmas vacation. <laughs> and then there was one other one that we were kind of like, I disagree, but it was not a big feels kind of disagree. Mm, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I made you hate something. Yeah. Oh, yes.
0: I hated it. But I do still think that the story is interest. The premise is interesting. The story is interesting. And he's yep. doing lots of good things with directing and all of that. But this I is agree. not a
1: thing you will ever watch again.
0: No, never. But mostly because of Todd and his yeah. the the actor, producer, writer, director, all craft services and everything else, I'm sure. <laughs> and, and I mean more power to him. That's impressive. Oh, and amazing. absolutely. I keep yeah. doing it keep doing it by all means um but his acting is not gr- is not good <laughs> and i just did not want to hear him talk anymore and so like
1: this is a very fair assessment i think this also comes back to our like earlier conversations about the kinds of things that you would like say are your favorite kind of genres yeah and my favorite kind of genres um and i was like oh kim's not gonna like love a rom-com in general right like those are not kim's movies but I'm like I mean, but maybe this one because this is like a it's like trying to take the rom-com storyline <laughs> and sort of like subvert it but in the end it's also like but we're still going to be together in the end which is not a subversion that's a reinforcement <laughs> like, yeah and is that what i was so seeing?
0: mad when she like went when she smiled and went with him like <laughs> you left because this doesn't work for you, and you made a life yes, somewhere you're else. You're right, dude. Just shows up out of nowhere with the worst flash mob in the world,
1: and you're gonna go with. They're her? dressed in rainbow colors. It's terrible. They're dressed. very bad. Why would they be there? Where did he find them? Like, how did this happen? Yes. Um, although I will tell you, this is not trivia about this movie, but I just trivia about another movie. Um, flash mobs. I guess we have a little bit of like reasonable and defensible cultural amnesia about flash mobs because they kind of come and go and we forget how much they suck right um you know we we talked about a simple favor a while back which is uh anna kendrick and um you know the blonde uh Mm. (laughs) a blog i read calls her blue boobs legsley it's blake lively um blake lively okay yeah and i found i came across um youtube a deleted scene from that movie and I don't know if you've seen it it's Uh -uh. a very dark comedy and apparently at one point they thought it was a good idea to have a flash mob proposal and I was like what is happening why did this happen at all like the very concept of like this is one of the things like that makes me mad that the internet exists is because it makes flash mobs easier to organize
0: yeah and
1: then to show what's worse (laughs) other people watch them
0: what's worse and i don't know this for sure but i suspect that it's love actually's fault is the like wedding performances
1: yes where I the audience was, gets between Love and actually the thing, and the office yes or
0: where the bride and groom do a performance at the beginning of the reception like why are we doing this people
1: it's because no. of the internet. Because <laughs> like, of the
0: internet. It's because of the damn internet. If you didn't
1: want to go viral, you wouldn't have people Ugh. do choreographed entries to your reception. Um, I, in general, I'm really happy not to have ever had to face the question of whether I wanted to do that in my life. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, no. Successfully I dodged you, you. invitations to flash mobs and weddings where I'd have to <laughs> perform. <laughs> i have done none of those things but this my is friends moment are where I'm like not what fun this enough to think of that ass movie think that it's doing with a failed flash mob like what, <laughs> is happening? what was the
0: thing i mean and maybe he's just so awkward that he thought that would be impressive and that's why it's happening
1: but we also he also did not get down on his knee and he also did not have a ring wait if rory had called him out did he have a ring he might have he had, had a ring, something didn't he he did not give her a ring so i don't know i don't know i don't know because they clearly not married at the end no thank god but share would have set him straight yes and still said yes
0: Uh, (laughs) brother
1: (laughs) it's okay i'm gonna put up with that she would have found a wolf um all right (laughs) on that note (laughs) uh what are we watching next shoot off his foot (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which was the
0: original name of the movie which oh, is another piece gosh. of trivia the bride and the wolf <laughs> was a suggested title for moonstruck
1: oh Lord my gosh Merci. i'm really really happy it didn't go that way oh gosh I'm telling Me you too. right now that movie does not get an oscar nomination
0: no absolutely not <laughs> absolutely not oh and they played some like opera music at the beginning of the movie in the for in like the test screenings and audiences were like we thought this was a comedy is this some art movie <laughs> and they hated it and so they changed the opening music audiences anyway.
1: are why we don't get the movies that we deserve
0: i know although good choice for the beginning actually
1: it's true it doesn't not work no it's great but.
0: okay um so this was fun for next week did what we <laughs> say for next week i don't think we, we did, did not we were just talking yeah. about it before Okay, yes. you guys don't know what we were talking about before. We should probably tell yeah, you we didn't tell what we were doing. Um, <laughs> who's you guys? Listeners. All right. So next week we will be talking about um, the 1996 film Romeo and Juliet, but it's actually Romeo plus Juliet and Sarah gets mad at me if I say Romeo it's and Juliet. It's the
1: official title. I know, but
0: it sounds <laughs> silly it makes me feel it's so actually
1: weird. william shakespeare's romeo plus Juliet. i apologize i apologize It's almost like you didn't own the soundtrack and listen to it every day for nine months or something. i
0: didn't i didn't because i was so broke in 1996 <laughs> that i was buying nothing nine, no, I first, had, that was my first year is... of college and i was like broker than broke um at any rate this is the okay, one so with William, Leonardo DiCaprio and Claire Danes. Shakespeare's
1: Romeo and Juliet, looking their um, most beautiful, oh, so and angelic,
0: ethereal, and lovely, and tragic. And <laughs> the 2005 <laughs> film *Pride and Prejudice*, which um, I'm pretty so-
1: sure is *Pride* ampersand *Prejudice*. If we're going to get up. technical about. <laughs> shut up Shut up! <laughs> if you up, want to Sarah. know what you're looking up in imdb make <laughs> but do sure pay you attention use... to the years
0: on both of those
1: yes, make sure because you want to watch the 2005 kira knightley and matthew mcfadden
0: yes you do i hope
1: i'm saying his name right who
0: the heck knows in my head it's been mcfadden this whole time even though i guess it's not there's a why um, in it i just don't know i know why. i know i don't know um, okay
1: both of these movies i have seen i would say like a low ball estimate at least 200 times oh my gosh that can't be true no okay I saw Romeo and Juliet in the movie theaters four times wow including opening day wow okay so so I've
0: seen it probably
1: three times in Pride and Prejudice I think just once oh my god really yeah (gasps) I know when I was in grad school Pride and Prejudice was the movie I would put on when I was working on homework and I oh that's fun and so I don't guess I get to count all of those views but literally Eh. like sometimes like two three times in a night because oh the music gosh. is so pretty that yes. it's this actually a very soothing thing and every once in a while you look up and like elizabeth's standing on a cliff and the music's really beautiful and then yeah. you go back to working so writing
0: papers with a movie on oh but
1: only movies i already know really really well
0: your brain is different than mine
1: hey i think my brain might be different than i think (laughs) my brain is different (laughs) than mine um more and more i'm increasingly convinced i'm adhd and i'm like this might explain a lot of things yeah
0: as is the whole world apparently but yeah i know
1: apparently tiktoks are like here this thing could be adhd um I know. But the one that most recently diagnosed me is that I am clumsy because I actually don't know where my body is in the world, which is true. Uh Um, But that is true.
0: I've been yelled at by PE teachers, um, acting (laughs) directors, Taekwondo, not Taekwondo, Tai Chi instructors about how I don't know what my body is doing in space. And so I'm doing it wrong.
1: For me, it's always manifested as, hey, that door that has always been there and that doorknob that has always been at that exact level. It's a great thing to run into with your arm at full oh, force yeah. door over and over and over. Again. I am always cut in the corner. And, and I just thought this was a thing that people do because sometimes people are clumsy. I do it turns a lot. It turns that it's actually a, like, there's an actual perception thing.
0: Yeah. It weird. doesn't
1: make me feel better because I always still have the bruises, but I, know. I guess it doesn't change knowing anything. that there's a reason. It's like, oh, okay. You know, <laughs> okay. Uh, a little bit. It's one of those things where it's just like, I don't need to diagnose myself necessarily, but no. having an answer for like this series of things is kind of nice. Yes. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Uh, all right. On that note, um, yeah. you know, I have to say, I think that recording at night went better than recording first thing in the morning
0: i think it is easier than recording first thing in the morning although so holy moly it is late
1: yeah we should go to bed oh my god you gosh. listener if it is uh late or you are should also go to bed but join is, us next week it is <laughs> tomorrow <laughs> oh, oh, god, god. Yeah. i've got some time yeah um, <laughs> it was lovely talking to you it's yeah. always we'll talk to you next week okay bye